Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Potemkin gave Paul the good old 1772 mic drop. We've got not one, but two baths, and also Russia's fighting another Turkish war. Stay tuned as we discuss Catherine the Great, Season 1, Episode 2. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, with the buzz. Hey everybody, I'm Rachel Goodman here with another week of Catherine the Great. We're on to season one, episode two. So we've got our celebrity gossip guy, Ben. What's up everybody? Thanks for having me. And we've got our news extraordinaire. Hey guys, what's up? And we have so much to talk about in this episode. At the start of the show, though, okay, so first of all, stay tuned for the very end because we have news, we have some gossip, and we have some historically inaccurate facts to talk about and predictions. But at the start, can I just get your overall thoughts on this episode? Because it was crazy. Oh, my God. Guys, (laughs) I heard phrases that I didn't expect. I mean, you know, like, I showed him my penis. That's all I can say. I was like, wow, he said that. And I loved it, though. Because it's like, there's no, there are no rules, you know, in this show. You can pretty much do anything, I feel, in this show. And just the the way they organized that moment, too. It was like, okay, like, P.S., saw his penis, what now? (laughs) The Oprah moment. Oh, Oh my my God, God. yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was steamy. Yeah. Way more than the last episode. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think what I loved about the steam, mm. most most shows, especially HBO, right. they will quickly jump to, okay, the two people are together. They're going to go have sex now. This was a tease. It was the a whole build up. entire episode. Yeah, it was like, okay, but wait, are they going to have sex? But I think more of it was like that flirt of their in- intellect. Right. And I found that. It, very interesting. Right. That's a very good point. I expected them to have sex even way earlier, to be honest. Way earlier. Yeah. When they even met in, in her room the first time, I was like, okay, now they're going to go crazy. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I just, I like, why do they just talk? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he, <But> it, <laughs> and he even says, and like, we're going to get to this, but he right. even says, I thought we were going to make love, but instead we talked about <laughs> politics. I like wrote that line down. I right. underlined it. I'm like, yes, thank you. We need more of this on TV. <laughs> I... I'm, Please go. I thought we were like going to see them through the years have like an actual relationship. This was just leading up to them having sex. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. It was kind of nuts, but okay. So <laughs> I was. <laughs> just, I mean, I was just trying to imagine how it would be to have sex and talking about politics at the same time. <laughs> you I know, mean, some on. people that might be <laughs> people. Are you guys doing that out there? Come on, <laughs> it's Catherine the Great. Okay, you never she can not do that. Okay, yeah. that's all right. So okay. <laughs> we, we're talking about their relationship. And I know last week, one of the predictions was this idea that maybe we weren't going to start off where we ended. And so when we pick up with this episode, they jump two years on us. Right. So instantly, we're in 1772 now. 
Um, we find out that Potemkin has been off fighting the Russian-Turkish War, one of the Russian-Turkish Wars, um, right. and so they've—he's been separated from Catherine. What did you? How did you guys feel about this moment? And um, where? What did you think was going to happen? Maybe. I mean, me personally, I felt like from a storyline perspective, that was a very smart move in a way because I feel like these two years where where they didn't really see each other kind of increased the emotions and the, the feelings for each other even more. So I felt like that was a good trigger to basically explain episode two overall. Yeah. You know, so I, I actually like that because he was a different person in a way because he went out to war, right? So I think he became a little more settled. I felt like he was more like, I know who I am now. I went to war and now I'm coming back and now I definitely want you. And there, he was more sure about his feelings, I felt, you know? And there was the whole thing with the eye mask now and we have... Right. Um, I just felt like they kind of like going off what you were saying. They set him up to be a physically stronger character. His yeah. eye was not even that like jacked up to me. Not at all. I was like, it you, wasn't. Can, you can just wear that out. Like it's not okay. It's not bad. Yeah. I'm just wondering. I mean, I guess whatever. Like I guess he was blinded in that eye, which would serve the purpose of yeah. wearing the mask. Well, it looks just cool. You know? Yeah. <laughs> 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 scary. Yeah, it's a scary. That was thing. a gangster move, you know, back then. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, everyone will take him seriously now with his eye patch. Exactly, right? <laughs> so we we see that he's off fighting the war. Catherine's back at home, and there's two major things that we kind of learn about her. One is that she has a lover, um, Alexander Vasil Shikov, and right. I believe I pronounced that correctly. Right. But she has a lover, and this lover is actually a real person. He's right. a, he's a Russian aristocrat. But then on top of that, as we're kind of getting a sense of this, we're also getting a sense of the Pugachev, who is saying that we see this first. Mm. Um, we we kind of see this first off in you know while everyone's fighting the battles. Right. We see there's this man, and he is pretty much saying that he's Peter the Third. Yeah. Yeah. So we kind of had this divide between the serfs and, um, you know, Catherine the Great and the royal court. We were starting to see this divide building up. Oh, yeah. Definitely even more. And I also felt like episode two was basically even more the beginning of the son Potemkin and her his mom to be even more divided now. I think now you can even tell episode two was really much about the son almost against Potemkin now. Yeah. You know, and I feel like this is going to go yeah. somewhere bad, and, you know. And it's crazy, too, because we see that the son got married. Right. What did you think about that and this this whole weird marriage that he has with Natalia? It, what is her real name if that's not... Like, I didn't know they, they got first names changed, too. So, um, she... the thing, And I'm going to talk about this in the historical segment as well. Mm-hmm. But okay. she is German, Natalia. And they gave her the Russian name, I guess, she would fit in. Right. But her German name um, was actually... Uh, Wilhelmina Luisa, and she was of Hesse Darmstadt. Ooh. So, no way. yeah. That's yeah. why I grew up. <laughs> really? I'm <dead> serious. <laughs> that's cool. Damn. So, yeah. Shout out to Darmstadt, my people. Hello. <laughs> wow. That's interesting. That's serious. That's why I grew up. Yeah. Well, that's, that's cool. where she was originally from. Uh, Wilhelmina was her real name. And wow. of course, she's of royal blood. And she ended up marrying Paul, um, yeah. completely different person in real life than the way they portrayed her. But on the show, how did you, what did you make of that marriage? She was not feeling him at all. Like, she was obviously, like, interested in the, the best friend. Because Paul is not interesting whatsoever. And the fact that she has to tell him, oh, Paul, you're so interesting, I'm listening to you. <laughs> she said it so dryly that you're like, 
Why would you even like? What's the point of a line? You you obviously don't like him though. I don't I don't think he sees it though. Yeah, I don't think he sees it either. I think that he's pretty oblivious to everything that's going on right in front of him. He's power hungry right now. Yeah, completely power hungry. Has no real sense of what he's going to do. He's got these people around him saying, yeah. "Hey, you should be the king. Russia wants a male heir. You should be the person." And he's just ma- he's just acting pretty stupid and foolishly. Right, right, exactly. I think he's also like. I feel like he's very hurt as well. So I think he does a lot of stuff emotionally right now. Because he, as you, as you can tell at the end, he's talking about his dad. It becomes very emotional, even in front of his mom. And I feel like... And he heard about like conversations, I feel like. I think he was always kind of observing his mom. So I think he has a feeling and he believes completely, okay, my mom killed my own dad in a way to become who she is now and i can deal with that and he had a very powerful scene with Catherine, right. where he did say you know listen he was my father and right. and hearing it from that perspective yeah like that's very understandable this person this parent that he still is living with killed his father right. one way or, or another even if it wasn't her directly she's responsible for it yeah and i think he wants to step into his shoes now i think he wants to prove everybody hey I'm going to be the next one after my yeah. dad taking over and become the man of this country, not not a female anymore, you know. Yeah, and he is in a political climate where males traditionally rule. So, yeah. of course, he's going to think that. Yeah. And, of course, the men around him right. are going to think that. Right. There was a lot of talk of this notion of Prio Braz Hensky. Um, and I don't know if you guys caught this at all, but it was pretty important as they were talking to the son, um, mm. and as the son was talking to the older Orlov brother right. um, in the scene with the military. Yeah. So this, one of the things that Orlov was talking about was this regiment and how they pretty much, um, they they were responsible for bringing Catherine to power. And so as far as Orlov was concerned, it wasn't Catherine at all who gained her place on the throne it was actually the military putting her in her place there and that's why it was really their russia not hers yeah exactly i think we talked about that also last week right i feel like for me personally she was kind of used by all the men because i think they just felt and all of specifically just felt hey you know what if we're going to get her on the throne she's going to be the queen I'm going to marry her. So that was always the plan because in the last episode, remember, guys, he said that wasn't the plan because he had the plan, obviously, to become the husband and then at some point become the king and take over the whole country. And this didn't happen. And now he basically wants to fight against her and all the things that she does, you know? Absolutely, yeah. So it's very interesting because at um, at the same time, it's her son. It's kind of very, like... You know, controversial a little bit for me because the son is now talking to the brother of Orlov, you know, trying to make him understand, hey, I know what I'm doing. I want to lead the military. I want to become the man that I'm supposed to be, you know. But at the same time, it's I'm not sure I'm not sure how what how, what to feel about. It. Does he really hate his mom so much that he doesn't even care that it's her mom or his mom? But like, that? can't he just wait his turn? Yeah, I mean, you know. I just think that he's this person who... I think part of it is that he's been built up. He's yeah. been raised to be a certain way. Yeah. She has only... So Peter the Third, he was in power for six months, but he didn't get that. It was like, you know, I think it was like 1768 by the time he, right. he had that moment. Yeah. But like, so the, the whole thing is that Paul, he would have been at an age where he's always been raised to think oh, I'm going to inherit this after yeah. my father. Yeah. Right. So that's, I think that his under his expectations are being twisted. But He's it, kind of acting like a brat, though. Yeah, true. I agree with that. And I do me, not think he's leader quality at all. Yeah, I'm just thinking, like, I think he's very immature. 
yeah. still, to be honest. But at the same time, I'm also thinking because he's the biological son, at some point he's going to become the king anyway, right? Because at some point, let's say if Catherine is gone because she's the mom, so she's obviously going earlier than he will, if like naturally. Yeah. So he's going to become the next king anyway, right? So, yes, and he actually in real life did become the next king. Um, and we can talk more about that during the historical segment, but basically he does actually. So he is right. theoretically, and I don't know how the show's going to handle it or right. how far they're going to go, but theoretically after she passes, then it would be his turn to inherit the throne. And that's what I think Catherine was trying to tell him. Right. But ordinarily in this society, she would have been queen regent and yeah. then it would have passed to Paul as soon as his father was deceased, you know, deceased. Right, right, right. Um, but so we see, we see a lot of things kind of um, happening here too where Potemkin comes back, right. but Orloff, she, Catherine kicks Orloff out of the, the younger Orloff that mm. she was sleeping with out of the court completely. Right. And that's where things start to get especially crazy because we've got Potemkin in, um, Orlov out, and then we have uh, Pugashev. Hmm. And we have, like, we kind of feel like there's this rising that, you know, this, like, revolution that's happening in Russia with the serfs. And they're upset um, because they're, yeah, they're just upset with the way that everything is going on in the country. He's so brutal. Yeah. So the scene with Pugachev, what did you guys make of that where he pretty much took he he was on his way to Moscow and yeah. took the governor and his wife. Right. Yeah. That made me so uncomfortable just to watch. You mean when he, when he's killing this this woman like in front of everybody and, and, the, and, the, and the little boy too. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like for me personally it was kind of a like a like a symbol or like a metaphor for hey, you know what? She's also female, you know, but we all know that we need a man in power. Yeah. So I'm just gonna kill her now to show everybody I can do exactly the same with Catherine. No problem at all. That's what I felt. Well, you know, so. I agree with you, yeah. and I, I think he specifically said, hey, you look like Catherine, to make that point. Even stronger, right? The other thing, and I kind of just want to mention that this was super interesting to me, there have always been rumors that Catherine had many lovers, and we talked about this right. on the first show. When okay, so everything happens with Putankin. She ends up kind of starting to—I don't want to say date him because at first it wasn't really like that. Right. They pretty much just sit down to have a talk about sex, right. to even consider the idea. She of loves talking potential. about sex. Yeah, but to even just consider the idea that they would even sleep together, Catherine wanted honesty with Putemkin, and mm. she, they were playing this game. And she—they finally sat down together. And one of the things that Catherine said that really threw me was that she had only had five people that she slept with which is a lie i don't believe that at all i was like what do you guys make of this because there's the whole rumor is that she had many lovers and that she that was what she was known for yeah i mean i was doing my research i think i mentioned it last week already i think she had 22 confirmed (laughs) you know we don't know maybe more right but i feel like she just wanted she didn't want to turn him off you know because I think he knows that she had more than five, but she just wants to give care. him like a good feeling. I, I think I think now at this point, I think he cares a little more about what she's actually doing and who she had sex with or maybe gonna have sex with. Yeah. And I think for her, what's really interesting, I felt like when she says, "You know what? I just want to be loved. I want I want somebody loving me." I actually even believe that. 
I actually believe her. I believe both of them. Yeah. And so for sure, we had this whole game going back and forth, and yeah. now they're finally sort of dating. Yeah. But they don't even kiss. Yeah. And we're getting all of this, and it's it's beautifully done the way that they had the tension between the two of them yeah. mm-hmm. with the backdrop of everything going on in Russia politically. Definitely. And I think that that was that was wonderful. Catherine does say, um, you know, I love love, and yeah. it. We get the feeling that she could allow this love she has for Potemkin to consume her, mm. but instead they say they stay pretty focused. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it's a, it, I love how they handled that. Yeah. And instead of you know they stay focused, um, and she, we get a lot of scenes where mm. Catherine is pushing him away. Right. Um, and there's this idea like Countess Bruce is talking about how there's a game and Potemkin should play it. Potemkin finally does play it back when he oh walks out God. on her. Very interesting game, by the way, in the opera. I have and to that, say, yeah, I was interest that caught me off guard. Yeah, I was like, oh, respect. Yeah, it's very public, but yeah. why not? Yeah. Well, so we get this whole thing. It all comes to the first bath. Yeah. Um, this is when we have Potemkin in the bath. Catherine mm. walks in fully clothed. Right. And I thought that this was going to be the first time they slept together. But oh, instead, yeah. this is finally where Catherine realizes that Pugachev is a threat. And they literally just right. talk politics. Right. And then that's it. And we have the Orlov brothers, as mm. I call them, like basically waiting like hawks outside yeah. the bath because they were expecting right. that they would be sleeping together and that yeah. they could use this against both of them. And I found that a very strong moment, to be honest, because it showed me, hey, what they really feel for each other is real. Yeah. That was a very, like, the sim- symbolic moment to me, to be honest. Because they could have had sex, like, in, in an instant, like, in a, in a minute, right? Yeah. She just takes off her clothes and boom, there we <laughs> yeah. go, right? Yeah. But they just talked about stuff because I feel like they understand that they are on the same vibe. They basically, emotionally and intelligently, they know exactly what they're talking about. And I think they really appreciate that very much, yeah. you know? So, I mean, sex is something that they also love, but it's not really the priority, I feel, at the beginning. So. And I think that's part of why they develop such strong feelings for, for each sure. other because of their intellect and shared beliefs. And totally. just that they're on the same level. For sure. How do you feel about that? I have a question. Didn't yeah. he sleep with Bruce? He Countess. did in oh, the yeah. first episode. Many that's times. Yeah, yeah. So he, and that's the whole thing too with them is that at first they both wanted to be with each other, kind of, you know, in a in as much as they could want that in this yeah. climate. But they were still sleeping with other people. And when yeah. when Potemkin went away for two years, she had a lover. She, but but when he came back and all of this was kind of untangling, she made it a point. Hey, I'm not going to be with anybody else now. Mm. And it seemed like a mutual thing that they were going to agree to, yeah. even if he went away. Right. Um, and it turns out he did go away again. Yeah. Uh, she sent him. Exactly. And, and yeah. I, I think what I also appreciate about uh, what she appreciates about him so much is that uh, he has a sense of humor. And I think he's very honest and straight to the point because I feel like that she knows. And we also hear that very, very often that a lot of people around her just lying to her because she's in the position she's in. Right, so you obviously tell the queen exactly what she wants to hear, even if it's a lie. You just yeah. tell her, and I feel like Potemkin is someone who's like, I don't give a, f- I just say you how it is, and that's basically who I am and how the situation is done. Now, I will say this: mm. some of the thoughts I've had about Catherine, the way that they're portraying her in this, right. is she she does strike me as somebody who's very independent, but then she has her moments where I start to doubt it. Totally. In the sense that when we had, we get toward the end of the episode 
and she calls, you know, the meeting into the war room, and they're discussing what they're going to do about, um, you know, going back into, you know, fighting mm-hmm. war again, and, like, going back into the Crimea, and, like, just when they're discussing what they want to do next, yeah. she ended up very quickly going to Potemkin and saying, hey, you're going to go, which, on the one hand, could be seen as, well, she wouldn't want him to go because selfishly, selfishly she'd want him to stay for right. her. But at the same time, it could be seen as a selfish maneuver of, well, she knows him. She sleep, she's has a relationship with him. Yeah. And so she sent him because she is playing favorites. And I've noticed that she does tend to agree with Potemkin instantly. Right. Um, and when he says something, she follows it. Now, that could just be because they happen to agree with each other. Right. But I noticed that she's very headstrong with anybody else but him which right. could just be that she's letting down her guard with him yeah. What, yeah what do you guys think about that she loves him and i think it's kind of t- it's interesting to see how her take on love she said no real love without absolute honesty yeah which i think is very and i think is very interesting she's very cold like she's not an she doesn't seem like a really nice lady to, like, even to her son so it's interesting to see their relationship together because she's, like, a totally different person with him. Yeah. Like, she smiles. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, she lets her guard down a lot yeah. more, too. I've I, noticed that. I think she, sometimes I'm just feeling she's just confused also, right? Yeah. I think she oh, has yeah. a very hard time. And think about it yourself. Put yourself in, in her shoes. If you would be the queen of a country and you have all these people around you just telling you anything that you would like to hear because it sounds good to you and they're pr- obviously lying to you, it's very hard time to... To, to open up and she says that you know in this one moment where she's with Bruce in the room and she's like oh my god you know it's hard to open up I, I'm not sure if I can do that anymore after you know Olaf because she loved Olaf we, she said that she yeah. truly loved this guy too right but now yeah. it's gone obviously but now she's like oh my god can I actually do that while I'm dealing this or like ruling this country here right now I'm not really feeling ready to open my heart again for somebody yeah. and I really felt that moment and I feel like that's exactly how she feels I'm not even sure if she's really that cold but I think she doesn't even know how to behave, you know? It's, yeah. it's a hard position to be in. You know? At this point, and she even specifically said in the first episode, then she said it again in the yeah. second. That She said this to her son in the second episode. Right. After she caught him um, basically speaking to the Russian army, yeah. saying, you know, I'm going to lead this army for my father. Right. You know, and just really, like, really pushing the Peter the Third support there. Exactly. And so she pulled Paul back into the room and said, listen, you're never going to beat me. You, can, mm. you might think you will, but you won't. Yeah. And the reason you won't is because for me, a female, to get here, right. I had to do things yeah. that you would never have to do. Yeah, that's right. And I felt, I, I felt that. I was like, okay, she's right because as, as hard as it is for any, um, for any person to take power in that kind of situation, for Catherine, who is a female, mm. who, which, is un, which was unheard of, Exactly. She had to do much more. And so it it made her stronger. And I think going back to what you said, it made Mm. her strong, but it also put her in a place where she had to develop a really thick skin. Exactly. And had to take in the pain and not show it. And had to play like a super crazy poker face so that people wouldn't know how she was actually feeling. And I think that carries over to her personal relationships, especially when it comes to love. Um, Because Orlov, she said she she loved him and he 
basically he screwed her over. Right, I mean, right, he right. like yeah, he, he literally dropped the bag with her. Yeah, he didn't yeah. love her. He just wanted right. her for the, her crown. Right, right, right. And so now she's like, I, I, and I think that it's even scarier because I think right. she could really love Potemkin right. even more. And, and think, you, and that's interesting that you say that. And I think the first time when uh, Potemkin comes into her room and they have this conversation about politics and joking around, you know, 15, 16 years back in the day and stuff like that, these kind of jokes, she's also becoming very serious at some point and says, hey, you know what? I know who I am and I'm not getting married to anybody. Yeah. And if she just wants to tell him right away, hey, if that's what you're trying right now, you can just leave right away. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that was important for her to understand and to realize, okay, I think he's not just here in the room with me to become the next king by, by just marrying me or something. Yeah. I think yeah. that was a very important message for her, you know. And so let's, before we get to our special segments, sure. let's just get to the final part of the episode um, we see that basically we see the moment when one where Potemkin is about to leave. Yeah. And we finally see Catherine actually kiss him in not public public, but yeah. in a place where someone else could see. And we yeah. see the Pauls watching. Um, and then we have a moment between Potemkin and Paul. Mm-hmm. And that's where I kind of referred to as the mic drop moment right. because he literally, as they're going back and forth, Potemkin's like, you know, no, like you're the one who like it right. should, will be crawling around. And then he's right. like, he puts his hat on and walks out. Right. What did you guys make of that? I liked it a lot because as I said, he's being a little brat. Yeah. And he needs some, he needs to be somebody to be scared of because he, he keeps disrespecting his mother and if Potemkin is there, he's going to be scared to, to do that in front of him. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and, yeah. yeah. So I don't want to interrupt, but no, I, I also feel like that Potemkin, that showed me that Potemkin knows, okay, he's also in a different position already. And he knows that because of the relationship that he has to Catherine right now. I think that makes him even more secure and like, okay, I can just say that to her son because I know who you are and I know how you deal with your mom right now and that's not respectful. So I just say it. Tell you exactly who you are and what you do right now, what you do wrong, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think he's more like, and the son is always this kind of guy who's trying to to come across like the son, obviously, of the queen right now. So he believed that he can pretty much do anything. And if someone says something against him, he's always using his position. But um, you can't talk to me like that. I'm, I'm the son of the queen. How can you talk to me? You know what I mean? So I found it interesting that Potemkin was like, you know, I don't give up. I yeah. say whatever I want. And I yeah. like that. It was very strong. It, it was very strong. Right. And then we kind of get at the very last moment, we see that they all go, Potemkin right. goes, they grab um, Pugachev. Yeah bring him back right. and then we get this little quick moment at the end where the, Catherine's saying you know I don't really like the idea of them mm. executing somebody in a public mm. arena but here we are right do you guys as my final question mm. what do you guys um, do you think how do you guys feel about that ending moment where they took Pugachev and basically blasted it in the square that they were going to kill him Please. <laughs> I, he died so soon. That was I was like, dang, he's already dead. Mm. I liked that she didn't want to kill him in front of everybody, but in the end, like they are, because it, it means that she still cares about human life and she wants him to have a little bit of dignity when he dies, even though he doesn't give the, he doesn't give other people that same respect. Absolutely, and like the whole thing was. He completely disrespected Catherine, mm. and even at the end, she still had a heart 
and was like, yeah. I, I don't feel right about this. That's actually very powerful. I yeah. mean, that's that's self-confidence, right? That's really like if you even can show something like that to somebody who wants to basically take you down, that's strong to me. Absolutely. Wow, that's yeah. strength right here, you know? Like, you, you're not... Because sometimes, as we as we all know in real life, right, you're just trying to, to be the same like someone did to you, you know? You just want to treat this, the, this person exactly the same how they treated you. But this is not the solution, to yeah. be honest. Sometimes it's better just like, no, I'm stronger than that. I'm better than that. I don't do the same thing you did to me. Why? Yeah. And I felt that was exactly what she did, you know? And it was very strong to me. Absolutely. I agree with you, and yeah. I think that um, it really speaks a lot to her leadership Mm -hmm. and to how she is as a person. Um, Even if she has her gray area moments, but I think that's part of being a human being and being a leader is that there are things you're going to do that maybe not everybody will like and maybe might make you seem like you're insensitive, but she's doing the best that she can do. Right, right, right. So I think on that note, it's a great idea for us to get to our first segment. Ben, do you want to take it away? Of course. <laughs> oh, my God. People, I have this special segment. And we, as we talked about last week, talking about celebrity women dating younger men. <laughs> I know. It's a, it's a shock template. for everybody. I get that, people. I get that. But today, we talk about... Madonna. Madonna. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Every, no one is shocked. No one like that. I, I knew that before, obviously. It's Madonna. And think about it, guys. It's very interesting. I didn't even know that, but she was in a relationship with uh, Jesus or Jesus Luz back then, like a couple of years ago, like almost 10, 12 years ago. Um, and their age difference was 29 years. Wow. Which is actually a lot. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just, I just read about something and I just wanted to mention that because it really also fits to our storyline that we're talking about because I read an interview with him which came out in June this year and he was basically saying, you know what? I changed as a person because of Madonna. Madonna showed me how to be a man because he was a sexist before. He was basically like, you know, also male, you know, female, oh, I'm not sure about that. And now he became a dad to a daughter and he changed completely, and he said it's because of Madonna, which is interesting to see that sometimes, and not sometimes, maybe quite often, that if you have an older woman, for example, a woman, for example, being in a relationship with a younger guy, that they also teach younger guys how to treat a woman and how to see everyone in the world, yeah. and that there's no difference between you are female and male. We are all the same. We're all equal. We should have the same opportunities. And I think that's a great story combined with the storyline we are talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, like, going off of what you said, too, and yeah. teaching people, being in a relationship with somebody who has been through more life experience, yeah, exactly. you're going to learn certain exactly. things that you wouldn't learn necessarily being around somebody closer to your age. Right. So, so that's a very interesting viewpoint. Madonna made him a better that's amazing. dad, wow. husband, you know. Wow. She's married again to, to a wife. Her name is Carol. I don't know who, who she is, but you know she's How married long again. Did they date? What is? How long did they date? A know? year, just a year. Oh, it was just it wasn't really that long, but it was enough because I think, as I read, she, he also lived with her, oh. right? And he said, "I met her as Madonna, as the human being, not as the icon. Yeah. I, I just met her as the human being, and it was very intimate. And she showed me how to treat people and human beings in general." That is and amazing. And that was a very strong statement, right? Which fits pretty much to what we are talking about. You know? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Haley, did you want to take it away with an article that you found? Yes. After oh, my God. <laughs> okay, do it. So, Renefinery29, I hope I'm saying that right, wrote an article called Catherine the Great Finally Gets Her TV Reign. But what happened when she ruled Russia? 
So the article goes in like timestamps if you want to read it through. I actually read the whole thing. It's pretty cool. So it gives you timestamps of what actually was happening in Russia when she was ruling Hmm. and like what she did till the point of when she died. That's awesome. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And it's interesting. I think I came across that at some point, too. Yeah, it I Googled is, that. I saw yeah, that. Yeah, it is very informative. And um, if you want to know, this will kind of lead into our next segment, too. But if you want to know um, what's accurate and what isn't, mm. um, that is an excellent resource. So thank you for sharing that. Okay, now and I'm I, excited. Yeah. So oh my God. let's go ahead and jump <laughs> in right from there to the historical inaccuracies on Catherine the Great. <laughs> I like that. That's really cool. (laughs) That is intense. Wow. But what's also intense is that the real Natalia, we kind of went over this a little bit. Um, She is German. Uh, She is Wilhelmina Luisa of Hesse Darmstadt. Um, In real life, and this is kind of what I was hinting at earlier. They, no offense, but they kind of made her seem ditzy on the show. Right. Yeah. In real life, this was not a ditzy person. She was actually a, in, like insanely intelligent. And she was so intelligent that she hung around writers such as Goethe and Herder, and she was just drawn to intellectual conversation and was very, very, um, very educated. So to me, the person that they had as Natalia, I was, I would, as soon as I started reading this, I was like, huh? Like, no, those are not the same people. So she did not sleep with his best friend. They, when I did my research, I didn't find anything about that. Um, So it sounds like it could have been something that was kind of made up a little for the show. I don't know that for a fact, though. But the whole thing is that this was a woman who was very educated, yeah. and she probably wouldn't have been flirting that way with the Count. She probably would have been having intellectual conversations with people. And I'm the, not surprised at all. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is the history of the Russo-Turkish War. Oh. They didn't exactly depict this the right way. Mm. So, one, there were many Russo-Turkish wars. As you can see, those are just some of them. Wow. Um, yeah, and the last one, so this is That's one of the longest-running uh, we'll just say wars in general in European history, starting from 1568 and ending with the First World War, which, of course, was the end of the Russian royals. Um, that's, that's actually crazy. Yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. And, wow. Yeah, and Ooh. so they're fighting one of them. But what I found interesting is that their dates are a little off. They were right. We realized this last week they're a little off. But yeah. this week, um, this would have put them, it looks like, the, just one of the Russo-Turkish wars between 1768 and 1774. Right. If they're saying they just started this in seventy in 1770, yeah, then their dates are a little off. Right. So those were the two things that were just kind of off to me. I think that's a great time for us to get into our predictions because I, I don't know about you guys. After Buzz TV predictions. <laughs> ben, would you like to start? Yeah, I mean, honestly, guys, I, just one prediction, right? Yeah. One that I have, and I see that coming already because we saw it in episode two that yeah. the son, like Paul, right? He's definitely have a huge argument, even like maybe even it's about life or death, to be honest, with Potemkin. Yeah. That's just what I'm saying. No, that's I feel there's something that. crazy going to happen. How about you, Haley? Go on your boat. I think he's going to try and kill Potemkin. You said exactly what I thought. I was trying to do it nice, but, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. He's probably killing. So (laughs) I think that Pugachev, 
in my opinion, and we didn't touch on this exactly because I wanted to wait until now, right. I think Pugachev died too easily. I think Pugachev was a representation of other people, of other revolutionaries who were going to come up yes. and cause trouble. I like that. So I think that for the rest of the show, we've only got two more episodes. I think we're going to, I think the whole idea is that we're going to keep seeing either somebody else or multiple people or multiple people working with Paul or multiple people working with the Orlov brothers. Like, I just think that that's this whole feeling I'm getting of 50% through the show right now, I think that it's going to be about a revolutionary trying to come up, and I think they're ultimately going to fail, because as we know, Catherine has a pretty lengthy reign. Right. Um, so yeah, I think that that's, that's where we're headed with the rest of the show, and I think that um, with this whole love story with Potemkin, I think that they're just trying to show us what their relationship looked like, and I think that it's, I mean, I know from reading about it historically, it ends up they, they end up together for a long time. So I have oh. a feeling the show is going in that direction. Much nice to hear. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I mean, wow, this lady knows what <laughs> she's talking about. Also, Respect for that. With the 22 men and the five men, I think she remembered the five men. Like, she can remember them. I don't think 22, she knew she knows yeah. she saw the 22 men. To, yeah. I think it was more. I think she was trying to sound a little bit less. <laughs> right. Um, but. Is that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> Haley, where can everybody find you? Hey, guys, you can find me everywhere at Haley Matthews. And yeah, hey. Oh, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you can also find me on Instagram and Facebook. It's at Benjamin Schnau. And I'm also doing the show Skylines for you today in German and English. Check it out. And I am Rachel Goodman. You can find me on Twitter at Rach Goodman or on Instagram at Rachel Radner Author. I also do the After Buzz show, The Young and the Restless, on Sundays at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So uh, be sure to tune in then. Otherwise, we'll be here next week, Tuesday at 5 p.m. PST for the next episode. Bye, guys. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to After Buzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.